Well, it's already been a great night. I hope you guys have already had a wonderful Christmas season. Over the last several weeks, every Sunday in December, we've been in a prophecy in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 9. The Bible tells us that a Messiah will be born, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And today we're going to talk about what it means for this Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be our Prince of Peace. Hopefully when you came in, you received your candles. I'll give you some instructions here in just a little while, if, I, if mine will stay. I'm going to knock it off while I'm preaching, I'm sure I will. We'll give you instructions about the candlelight portion of the service here in just a little bit. But for a few moments this evening... I want to talk about what it means for Jesus to be our Prince of Peace. The book of Isaiah was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus, but the prophecies and the accuracy of what Isaiah foretold is astounding. That there would be one who would come, who would carry the weight of the world on his shoulders and bring hope and salvation. After 400 years of silence, the silence is broken by the cry of a baby boy in Bethlehem. And the fourth part of this title of Messiah is, He shall be called Prince of Peace. This is one of my favorite names of Jesus because I know in my life, and I'm sure in yours, there have been moments of chaos where you desperately Wanted, needed peace. There's been frustration, anger, bitterness, heartbreak, hurt, sorrow, sadness, sickness, loss. Now all of us desperately need the peace of God. This Prince of Peace. This is what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to bring peace. This King of heaven is the ultimate peacemaker. And when the angels announced his birth to the shepherds, the skies parted, and what did they say? Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Only Jesus brings real, lasting, genuine peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God will accomplish this. This Messiah will bring peace. We live in a world of chaos and confusion. One thing I know that I don't need to do is to prove to you that our world can be a very chaotic and confusing place. In many instances, we desperately need peace, but we lack the peace we need. 
Turn on your local news. Just go to sleep one night and wake up the next morning and there's another cycle of, of heartache, of hopelessness, of hurt, of loss. Corruption in governments around the world at the highest office. The Bible says wars and rumors of wars. Terrorism. Not to mention the personal losses that we feel on a daily basis. Whether it's personal relationships that are broken or desperately needing restoration. And if we're not careful, we can be overwhelmed by the chaos of the world. And we begin to ask this question. Have you ever said this? What has the world come to? You ever said that? You ever look out and just wonder, what is happening in our world? What is happening in our society? What's happening in our country? What has the world come to? I heard something just this week that gave me a brand new perspective. When I hear that question or when I ask that question, a brand new perspective, it said this. It said the early Christians didn't look around wringing their hands and wondering what has the world come to? They didn't live in dismay, disheartened. What has the world come to? Instead, they said with delight, look what has come to the world. That makes all the difference. When we're tempted to look around at the chaos and confusion, the heartache and hopelessness of this world and wring our hands in worry, in fear, in dismay, we need to remember that God sent Jesus, His one and only Son. This Messiah promised all the way back in the prophecy of Isaiah, what has come to the world? God sent the very best of heaven. And that changes everything because when we look out and see this world, we can say sin certainly does abound. But when we look to the Word of God and to the Son of God, we can say grace abounds even more. That's the promise of Jesus. So as we celebrate this Messiah, Prince of Peace, there are two major ways we're going to talk about how Jesus brings peace. First of all, Jesus can restore your relationships. One of the ways the Messiah brings peace is by restoring relationships with one another. Jesus brings peace to the chaos and the uncertainty of our lives. In the New Testament, someone came to Jesus and said, what's the most important commandment? In other words, if I had to think about one thing in my life, what's the one thing that I need to know? And Jesus gave him this answer. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's the most important commandment. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said there's another commandment like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And later on, somebody asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? By the way, spoiler alert, your neighbor's not just the person that lives right next to you. It's not just the person that you like the most. It's not your friends or your relatives. When Jesus was asked, who's my neighbor? He picked the one person the Jews would never think of being their neighbor. That is your neighbor. The first commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. 
The second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus isn't teaching that you need to learn to love yourself. We do that naturally. He's teaching you need to learn to love others even more than you love yourself. It's always been the case for followers of Christ. Our love for God ought to lead to love for others. It should transform our earthly relationships. Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 says this, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Okay, on Christmas Eve, let's be honest. How are you doing with that one? As far as it depends on you, if possible, live peaceably with all. I am grateful that phrase, if possible, is at the beginning of that verse because some people are impossible. I understand. You know some people like that. We all do. But as far as it depends on you, you ought to live at peace with others. And Jesus promised his disciples in the New Testament, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. In other words, I'm giving you real peace, not fake peace. Real peace, not phony, counterfeit peace. Real peace that lasts. This is what I'm promising you. Not like the world gives. The world promises peace through possessions, through popularity, through prominence, through fame, through fortune. And all of these things that can be taken away in an instant, they don't last. God gives a lasting peace that comes from within. And then the greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You want to know the mark of a child of God? Those that know how to live at peace with one another. Jesus comes and He can mend broken relationships. Jesus comes and can bring peace and restore your relationships. He brings peace to our hearts that then we can live at peace with others. What's the genuine mark of a child of God? I'm going to live in the peace that God offers. Those are the ones He calls children of God. Heard a story about a preacher. His preacher's name is Tony Evans. He says, wife always loves to decorate for Christmas. Anybody like that in here? You want to go over the top when it's Christmas time? You're going to decorate. Everything's going to be just right. She says, he says, she always loves to decorate for Christmas and always loves to go over the top. And one year she had him wrap these huge boxes and, and all these huge boxes got wrapped and they were decorations for the front porch and so enormous boxes with beautiful wrapping paper and huge bows on the front porch but Tony Evans said I had no fear or no worry that anyone would come steal any of those presents because they were all empty nothing inside of them I mean they were really pretty they looked great he said he did a really good job wrapping them just like his wife wanted but he wasn't worried about anybody stealing boxes because they were empty and then then he, he, he said this And this really hit me. He says, sadly, a lot of people that show up at church on Christmas are a lot like those boxes, right? They know how to look good on the outside, but they're empty on the inside. How many people, man, we know how to play the game. We know how to look the part. We come to church on Christmas, man. This is is what we do. It's a family tradition. But on the inside, there's no peace. All dressed up in our pretty wrapping paper. We got our bows. We got everything looking great. But on the inside, man, we're empty. 
We desperately need the peace that God offers. Jesus can restore your relationship. Secondly, Jesus can save your soul. This is really what Christmas is all about. I mean, if you, if you believe the Bible, and whether you do or not, you need to understand the Bible is either true or it's not true. It is either real or it's not real. You don't really have a middle ground. This is either the most important thing that has ever existed in the history of humanity or it is of no importance at all. We try to, we kind of try to straddle the fence to figure out, well, I, I like some of it, but I don't like the rest. I believe some of it, I don't believe the rest. Either this is true or it's not. The Bible tells us something interesting. Jesus as the Prince of Peace, not only offers peace with our fellow man, He offers peace with God Himself. Jesus can restore our earthly relationships, but Jesus can give us a relationship with the God who created us. And that is amazing. That's astounding. That's the miracle of Christmas. I want you to hear it like this, okay? When we're talking about Jesus as the Prince of Peace, Jesus can give us the peace of God But it only comes through peace with God. Peace of God, peace in my heart, only comes from peace with God. That relationship that I have with the God who created me. We say, well, I need peace. My life is restless. It's chaotic. It's confusing. Work is, I can never do enough. I can never be enough. I can never accomplish enough. The bank account, it never has enough. There's all these pressures on me. I'm never at peace. I want peace in my life. I'm going to tell you, the greatest, deepest sense of peace comes from having a relationship with the God who created you. And through Jesus, you have peace with God. Then you have the peace that comes from God. The Bible tells us that we are all born into sin, separated from God. The God of the universe who created us, loves us, and desires to have a relationship with us. But every single person is born in the default position of sin. You were born a sinner. I don't care if your mama said you're a perfect angel when you were a baby. You're born a sinner like everybody else. Nobody had to teach you how to lie, cheat, or steal. Nobody had to teach you how to do wrong. It's innate in every single one of us. You don't think we're born sinners. Get yourself a newborn and see how well they sleep or when they don't get what they want. See what happens. We're born into sin. Separated from God. We can't have God's peace if we're separated from Him. That's why the God of the universe sent His one and only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we have Christmas. Christmas is God's plan to reconcile the world to Himself and to save sinners who are His enemies. He sent Jesus, His one and only Son, at Christmas to reconcile Those who are separated from Him as a result of sin. How can Jesus do that? Because Jesus is the Son of God. Not just born, as what the Bible says here in Isaiah 9, as a human child. But born as the eternal Son of God. Jesus lived a perfect life. A life you couldn't live. A life I couldn't live. Nobody, nobody else who's ever walked upon the earth has lived a perfect life. The Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, paying our price. 
and rose again three days later, conquering all of his enemies and offering victory over death and over sin. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, says that in Christ, God was going to reconcile us to himself. I love this verse. Through him. Through who? Through Jesus. To reconcile to God all things, whether on earth or in heaven. How? Making peace by the blood of his cross. How can we have peace with God? The only way is through the cross of Jesus Christ, where Jesus died to pay for our sins. Why? Because the Bible makes it clear that sin is an eternal crime against an eternal God and the punishment must fit the crime, eternal separation from the God of the universe. That's where all of us stand without Christ. But the Bible tells us that we owe a debt of sin that we cannot pay, but Jesus came to pay that debt that He did not owe. Because he lived a perfect, sinless life, he could pay the price on the cross for our sins. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16 says this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, those that are separated from God, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two. So making peace, he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. What does that mean? It means that Jesus stood between the righteousness of God and the sinfulness of man. And on the cross, the perfect Son of God paid the price that we owed for sin, laid down His life, rose again on the third day, and offers hope and salvation to anyone who will trust in Him today. That's the promise of Christmas. What does that mean? Through death... Jesus ended the hostility between God and man, so now we can have peace. I love this phrase, we are now brought near by the blood of Christ. Only Jesus can save your soul. You can't do enough good to get to heaven on your own. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't trust the best five minutes of my life to get me to heaven. You can't be good enough to get to heaven on your own. You have to have the righteous life of Jesus Christ who can forgive you of your sins and then impute His righteousness to your account before a holy God. What is the birth of Christ all about? Here it is. The Son of God became fully human to identify with sinful human beings, to live a sinless life, to sacrifice Himself in our place, to pay the price for our sin, to rise again, to conquer death, and to give believing sinners eternal life. Jesus volunteered for this mission that began on the first Christmas day. And He followed through, enduring suffering to the very end. In order to bring the Father glory, and now He has the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. There's a hope beyond this life, and a promise of peace with God. It was September of 1988. 
There was a couple expecting a brand new baby boy. Could not be more excited. They were looking forward to the day with anticipation, excitement. Ernest and Annika Robinson. September 23rd, 1988. Their little boy was born, but something was wrong. In fact, something was deadly wrong. Matthew Stanford Robinson was born that day, but he was born with severe disabilities. The doctor said for quite some time, oxygen had been cut off to that little baby boy, and they did not expect him to live just a few moments. He was blind, paralyzed from the neck down. Expected to only live a few hours, but somehow Matthew ended up living ten and a half years. When it came time to lay Matthew to rest in 1999, his father Ernest said, I, I, wanted, I wanted more than just a tombstone for my ten-year-old boy. I wanted something that expressed hope instead of grief and peace instead of brokenness. And this is the monument they put in a cemetery outside of St. Louis. For the first time ever in that little boy's life, blind and paralyzed, not expected to live even a few hours, reaching toward the heavens, to receive the blessing and the promise that can only be found in the God who created you and me. He's a God who can restore. He's a God who can save. He's a God who can answer any problem you have. Do you see how this God offers hope beyond grief? And peace beyond the chaos and confusion of this life. And even for a heartbroken family, the promise of heaven one day. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've experienced the peace of God that comes from peace with God? See, the Bible says that all of us are sinners separated from God, but we can know Him today in a real and personal way. Do you know that you have a relationship with God? Do you know that there's been a time in your life where you've trusted in Jesus? You see, when I stand before God one day, I'm not going to have to wonder or worry if I've been good enough to make it because I trusted in Christ. I won't have to wonder or worry if I did enough. Did I preach enough sermons? Did I read the Bible enough? Did I pray enough? Did I do enough good? There's no good on this earth that's good enough. Only Jesus is. And so you come to Him by repenting of your sin and placing your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And all over this place, and even those of you watching online right now, just do me a favor. Everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes. Even though those of you that are in your home, wherever you're watching, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, I need that peace that comes only from God. And I want to encourage you today. You can know Him and the peace that comes only from God. The Bible says we talk to God through prayer. 
Prayer is not just some strange biblical language. It's a, it's a conversation with God. And you could say something so simple right where you are. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. I believe the Savior is Jesus. I repent of my sin. I trust in Jesus. You come be the Lord of my life. Those of you here in the room, if that's your desire today, you say, I I trusted Jesus as my Savior today. Those cards that I asked you to fill out earlier, I just want you to take it out. You just check that box today. I trusted Jesus. I repented of my sin. I placed my faith in Christ. Just check that box. Maybe you got questions about that or you want more information about our church. You want someone to contact you. Whatever, whatever it is on that card, you fill it out and just leave that card right there where you are. Those of you watching online, you can text the word respond to the number on your screen. We've got folks ready to talk to you about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to pray. We'll stand. We'll sing Christmas carols. We'll light our candles. And we'll worship the Son of God. He's worthy of all of our praise, of all the honor, of all the admiration. But today, I want you to be sure that you know this Jesus. Not just this baby in the manger, but the man upon the cross, the one who the Bible says conquered the grave and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. You can know Him today. All over this place right now, those of you that filled out your information, just check one of those boxes. Maybe you know Christ. Maybe there's no decision you need to make. But if there's a decision you need to make today, check one of those boxes. Leave it right there. I'll pray we'll continue to worship. Father, it's in Jesus' name. I pray you'd save souls, change lives in this place. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, speak and bring peace so we know Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Change our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.